And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Go ahead, flex, you sexy beast, because I was trying to sell you on the internet. It didn't work. I tried. I tried. It is the Weighing In Podcast, and if I can sell Josh Thompson, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to be his pimp. Yeah, there was no high There was no high odds. He came in. No one came in with some big money. I mean, I need big money, man. If I'm going to be sold, you got to sell big me for money. some big money. I mean, it's got to be more than, it's got to be more than the $7 people are offering. <laughs> That's got to be life-changing money, my friend. Life-changing. What's Hell happening, yeah. dude? Shit, it's feel like, I feel like I haven't talked to you in forever. Yeah, it's been a couple days. Yeah, it's been a couple days. I know I know. we drop this show every you know, like twice a week. And, you know, we do yeah, that. but we're hey, always talking in between. I have a question for you. Did you, did you listen to the thing that I did while you were gone in Sioux Falls? You know what? You're uh, the punk's opinion? Yeah. I did. What'd you think? I, I, I didn't uh, talk to you because you were busy that week, and I, I didn't want to get in your ear. I know that fight weeks for you can be a little stressful. So, <laughs> Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh. uh, you know, what, what was funny to me is that everyone's got their opinions on everything and, and stuff. And there are, when you, don't, when you don't know, there are states that if you weigh in, you will get whatever is that show money that is on your contract. Mm-hmm. And there are states that, you know, you actually have to step foot in to that cage and be prepared to fight. Even if they call the fight at that moment, yes, you will get paid your show money because you stepped into the cage. So all of them are set up a little bit different, different languages and things like that. And so, you know, the, the whole thing about, you know, it's so funny because everyone, everyone so will always say that I I put Dana down and that I'm putting the UFC down. I agree with Dana in this. You can't you can't have someone like Wonder Boy in the position that he is and the amount of money he's making because you're talking it's, you know high six figures. Yeah, is his pay? It's good, and to sit there and have him because he was offered that fight against Mikel. Uh, with the three pounds, and he decided to. I'm not going to take it. Okay, and that's his option. I'm, I'm nothing against Wonder Boy for not doing it. He was offered a second fight. He said no, he wasn't going to take it. And so, for someone to expect that he's going to get his show money, that just doesn't work. You know, yeah, just because you made weight, and yes, he did make weight. But when you make as much money as him, I I agree that I believe any promotion should help pay that fighter's training camp mm-hmm. the amount the money that you know you could say that he spent during that time getting ready for the fight you know help uh meet the cost of what it what what it took for him to get prepared for that but when you when we're talking about getting the show money you're usually talking about fighters that make you know somewhere in the area of you know 30 30 40 40 you know that, because that's about what it'll cost for your camp. You know, you could say that it's going to cost you $30,000 for your camp. It's going to cost you $40,000 for your camp. It very so rarely is it going to cost you that much, especially if you're making 30, 30, it, like you're someone that's still not normally because you're not normally bringing people in the same way. No, stuff. but you're also living on the, the ramen diet to get yourself through camp. Like that's <laughs> like that kind of money is that's like beginners type money. 
and they're still trying to figure out how to buy a house. They're still trying to figure out how to take sure. care of their. They're not even thinking about buying. They're thinking they, about where you are. How am I going to buy that car? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Majority of them are. Um, I, I had to. It's so funny because you you brought up what I was going to bring up was. Everyone's like, man, you're homering for Dana, this and that. Like, it's just, no. so you're so biased. I'm like, no, man, I'm actually just trying to speak the truth. The Look, truth. I've had experiences with Dana that have been very positive. And I actually, I, I admire the, the, the guy for how he's been able to, along with a lot of help from the Fertitas, obviously a ton of help from the Fertitas, but they've, they've created something that was, that was able to be sold for 4.4, 4.2, I think it's 4.4 billion. 4.2. You know, good for them. You know, and I'm happy for, I'm happy, like, I'm happy. The growth of the sport is important to me because it gives us a platform to talk like this. And, um, it's, I, and I've told this to, I don't know how many people that my life would be completely different had this sport not come at the right time. And then the, the Fertitta is not drug it from the trenches and fuck it made it something like, let's just be honest, man. I mean, like I would not, you and I would never have met. You would your life would be completely different had the sport not been around. My life for Absolutely. sure. I mean, I would have joined probably the military or some sort of police officer or firefighter. I would have done something like that. I'm a physical person. I like to physically do activities. Not anymore. Okay, but when I was younger. Okay, I, I don't want to do any work around the house or anything like that. Fuck that. <laughs> I wanna but you know, I mean like I, I just I was someone that would have probably taken a job with like the Forest Service or something along those lines. You know, something along those lines. Anyways. This job and this, this, uh, whole thing came about at the right time. I just, I agree that when you're talking about the amount of money that he made, um, you need to make, there's, there's stipulations in there. Like, Hey man, I'm not paying yeah. you the whole thing for not getting a fight out of it. At the end of the day, you signed the bout agreement to give me a bout. Right. <laughs> like I deserve a fight, you know? Yeah. Well, and, and the fact that I offered you that fight. Mm -hmm. Yes. He was three pounds over, but you're going to get an additional amount of money based mm -hmm. upon him not making weight and you decided not to take it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then I offered you another fight and you decided not to take that one. I'm as a promoter, mm -hmm. I need you. I need you to actually perform for me to be able to pay you that kind of money, that kind of money. And look, that kind of money. Yeah. And, and I totally agree. You can't just have someone say, no, I'm not going to fight. And yet give me my money. It doesn't work that but way. But on the flip side, I take Steven Thompson's side also. Is because he is 40 years old. He doesn't have another opportunity to a title shot unless he continues to win. So I understand where he's coming from. When sure. you when you look at it, you got to look at it from both sides. I understand the promoter side and I understand the fighter side. He is in a position though, like Sean Strickland came on to, like when I posted the video, he came on my post like it was fucking three pounds. Like just buck up and do it. I'm like, yeah, Sean, you're 32 years old or 33 years old. You got some time still, son, and you're fighting yeah. for the title right now. You you're have found you found your way into this position, but when you hit 38, 39, 40, and you realize that your your time is very well, minimal, there is no more. There, there is, is no more. You know, chances. No, there's not. Like they're you like you lose, yeah. it's done. You know, look at how long it took Glover to get back into that situation. They had no choice because he just kept winning. You know, and uh, they made him the champ. Then they gave him a run back on it because the guys behind him were losing too. So it was like, okay, he had the he had the second shot at the title, third actually. Um, you know what I mean? Like those opportunities came because, and then Yuri got hurt and all this other stuff. But those opportunities came given the circumstances. Stephen Thompson is in a division where it's a, I feel like it's a lot tougher than the 85 and the 205, and those opportunities are not going to come very often. And those guys in that that stage of where he's at, ranked number four, number five, number six. They're fucking killers, stone cold killers, man. And they are going to continue to get better, all of them. And they're coming for him. 
and he can't afford, he's got to spend his whole camp getting ready for that one person. And if it doesn't go right, it's fucking done. Like he can keep fighting for money, but he's not somebody that I think is going to be the guy fighting for money. He financially is okay. I mean, he's got great schools, karate schools. He yep. developed, him and his family have developed great it programs. Dead, it is, they're fantastic. If you ever follow them on social media, the dodgeball shit looks for real, like legit. He's out just taking kids' heads off. I love it. But that to me is, he is not a fighter that's going to continue to fight beyond his, beyond his time because he's like, what am I doing it for? Just the money? Yeah, but eh. if, you, if you look at, and this is the, this is the part that I was like, I don't know if that was the right decision, but you know, and and again, it's Steven's decision. But when you look at that weight class, who's one of the weakest wrestlers there is besides Steven Thompson in that top 10? Well, I'm I'm not sure Pajaya is in the top 10, but Mm -hmm. Pajaya is a guy that doesn't have great wrestling. Mm -hmm. And if you take a look at, you know, all the guys from Kamaru Usman to Colby to Mm -hmm. Bilal Muhammad, Chimaev, you know, even Gilbert Burns can wrestle him, but, you know, Thompson already fought him. You got Rachmanov. Mm-hmm. Man, you're talking about a wrestling, you know, stud factory there. Yeah. So for Steven to, you know, he's in that position. And it's, it was almost like, I know it was three pounds, but man, that was a, to me, that was a good fight for him. I, I thought it was a good matchup for him. I thought it was a great matchup. Um, the other thing, though, is that, look, giving up the three pounds, we know that Pajaya is a lot bigger than just that. So he struggled to make the weight. I mean, I would have just kept telling him, like, hey, make the fucking weight so we can get the fight. Yeah, but you and can't. That, you're right. You can't, you can't. but you should. Like, that's, that, that, like, that, comes, that comes down to the commission says you have this much time. Well, when Sean, once it's over. When Strickland had put on there, it was just three pounds. I said, if it's just three pounds, then he can just fucking make the weight. That's what it comes down to. If it's just three pounds, make the weight. Yeah. Exactly. But that's my point. And um, and like I said, it works I, both ways. I see it from both sides. I see it from the promoter side. I need something for my two hundred fifty thousand dollars show money that you're supposed. That yeah. I'm supposed to pay you if you get in the cage. But I also Dana had came out publicly and said I'm going to go ahead and make. I'm going to make sure that he's taken care of. You know, at least camps and stuff. He came out publicly and said that. And that's that's really I think what most fighters. If you're not going to get the fight, which sucks because you spent the time getting in shape and doing all the work, but hey, yep. at least cover what my expenses are. And for someone like him, I believe the expenses of probably having a, a ther- uh, not therapist, a even possibly a, a sports therapist. You got a nutritionist, a nutritionist. You got your trainers. You got you know. some fighters have sports therapists, like people that walk them through sure. the daily routines. Um, but I think he is very educated or he's very um, smart in how he handles his, his uh, camps. You can see he's 40 years old, still looks like he's fucking 28. Um, you know, he does a great job of taking care of himself and his body. And, but he also understands there won't be another shot if I lose. And so I kind of leaned in the favor of the fighter of not taking the fight. Cause I understand where you're at. And I don't know who they offered in the second fight. And he said, he said in a couple weeks he can fight again, which may have been on this card. Because Dana said, in two weeks, I'll put you on. Now, I don't know if that was against Pahaya again or if it was um, or if it yeah, was somebody see, that's, else. That's not easy either because that's, you know, Stephen Thompson having to cut weight again mm-hmm. and getting ready for that. So, not easy. Is Ian Gary on this fight? He's on 292. Yeah, he's, he's on this weekend, right? Sorry, yes. Ian Gary? Yeah. Yeah, Machado. Yeah, so he, Ian, Ian, Machado, Gar- yeah, yeah. Ian Gary, Machado, Machado McGarry. Um <laughs> But his opponent fell off, so I wonder if he was offering him him. Isn't he at one seventy? Yeah, 
He's a 70 pounder. So I wonder, because Dana said, I offered him a fight in two weeks against somebody. It They just filled, uh, who is that? Neil Magny with him yesterday or the day before. Yeah. So I would imagine that maybe it was Ian Gary. Now that to Why me then? shocks the shit out of me. Why didn't you take that fight? If that was the fighter, like, I mean, Ian Gary's tough. Okay, but, he's good, but, but he's not, he, where, where is he ranked? But he wouldn't like, I get what you're saying. He's, where is he ranked? I get it. I think he's like in the low end. If he's even on there yet. Okay. 170. Ian yeah, Gary. Man, so he's yeah, number but, 13, but he's ranked above. Yeah. Bahia. Yeah, he is ranked above Bahia, but he is he's also someone who's been clipped, he didn't hurt before. He's uh he is hittable. Um he's young, he has not doesn't have anywhere near the experience. He is a kind of a tall, longer kid, but I think it just I don't know. I think that fight he maybe would have tried to take him down, but I've seen what he has on the ground. He's not fantastic on the ground. Yeah, but you're not sure that that was the fight. No, you're right. I'm just, I'm th- I'm throwing what us, man. I'm just thinking yeah, out loud. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking out loud for for the people that are listening. I'm thinking out loud. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> oh, I'm thinking geez. out loud. I'm guessing. Yes, I'm guessing. Yeah. I'm guessing. But it's all right. But hey, uh, I just wanted to get your feedback on the whole situ- situation and scenario. No, and I, um, I I agreed with a lot of what you were saying. It, you know, it's funny how because you, know, you you came out and you were saying you know look, twenty some years I fought I I didn't know the rules really. That, and mm-hmm. most people don't, mm-hmm. and they don't understand exactly, you know, and in, in, in every state, that's why I say each athletic commission is kind of its own little kingdom, you know, and they, they do things different, and you've got to know exactly where you're at for what, you know, uh, is going to be allowed for a certain thing or what you're entitled to for certain things. You know, some, uh, the percentages is 20%, but they take 10%, they give you 10%. There's all kinds of different things that go on, and it's a matter of, you got to know, you know, mm-hmm. and it's you're in that position like Stephen Thompson was. You got to know, hey, they don't have to give you your show money. Yeah. You know, knowing where you're fighting and stuff, you got to know, hey, that's, this is not something that you can, you're just going to get. You you can always say, hey, I'm, I'm not going to take, you know, I'm not going to fight him if he's not making weight. And that's OK. I have no problem with it. It is your call. Everyone's got this idea that oh, you know, the fighter automatically if he makes weight, he gets his show money. No, that's not true. It just depends on where you're at. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, like you, you said it. I, it's fighters don't know the rules, man. They don't know what goes on. Like they don't know a lot of. And we're gonna talk. Like you know what? We just brought up the rules, and uh, there was a thing that they just passed. <clears throat> and what did they just pass? They passed three new rules. There, there was three three new rules for you, MMA. You want to pull those up real quick, Dave? We'll talk about yeah, we, that, and then we're going to jump into right the now. UFC card, okay. and we'll jump into right. a little bit of the uh, PFL. But let's jump onto the new three rule changes because fighters don't know. So if, yeah, if, they don't. If so fighters, they yeah, if fighters are listening to this, pay attention. So now you know these are the rule changes now. So John, you know what? This is this is your area of expertise. Yeah. You jump in this and you do this, buddy. <laughs> Go right ahead. <laughs> well, the first one is something I've been trying to get past for years because it just makes sense and it's you know you have fighters will end up in situations where you have a foul it's unintentional it can be we'll say you know a clash of heads both fighters are coming in to throw shots their heads clash you've done that multiple times i've missed that multiple times yeah but no <laughs> but know. you'll have it to where the fighters will clash and one of them steps away and they've got a cut and 
you know, many times the referees won't even stop the fight. He goes, you got to stop the fight. You got to make sure both are okay is if you see it. But you see that one fighter has been cut, and we just had Chris Curtis who was fighting, and I'm trying to remember who he was fighting, but, you know, he's fighting, and it was a clash of heads. He's cut. He's got blood dripping in his eye, and they're sitting there, and they're saying, you know, well, you know, can you go on? He says, yeah, you know, and he's trying to, and he's wiping blood out of his eye, and then every time, you know, wipes it away, it drips more in there, and he ends up having to step out of a fight that he wants to stay in, but they won't help him. And you look and you go, look, he was, he was cut by a foul. If we have a fighter that is altered by a foul, gets a cut, why is it that during that break that we're taking because of the cut, we can't bring the cut man in to close the cut as best they can, give him a certain amount of time, and try to put that fighter back to as close to, you know, as good as they were as you can, and now let's see if we can get him back in the fight. If they had been able to do that with Chris Curtis, he would have gotten back in the fight. And, you know, you wouldn't have had the no contest at the point. It just makes sense. It's good for the fans. It's good for the fighters. It's good for the promotions. And it got turned down multiple times, so kind of snuck it in this time, and it passed. So I'm kind of happy with that one because that one is kind of the one that I was working on for a while well, but well john it's a, it's a good good adjustment yeah i've sat in some of these meetings not with the abc but some of these uh commission meetings and when you start to make too much sense like you are oh. okay they they just can't seem to comprehend it's like what you're making too much sense no fuck no that doesn't work we can't have that they don't happen. like change they don't they don't like to make too much sense they don't like to make things simple and like easy change. for themselves <laughs> it's 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 kind of classic yeah. what was the uh what was the second one the second one is a, a more of it's a procedural codifying of the language of a referee's discretion on separating stalled fighters. And when we talk about codifying the language, we're talking about if a fighter is not in progression of moving themselves or attempting to move themselves to a more dominant position or that fighter is not in any way attempting to finish the fight or do damage that could finish the fight or move themselves towards a submission that could finish the fight, that's what the referee is going to be looking at. And that's when they're going to say, we're going to separate you, be it in the stand-up or on the ground. That is and the last one. Go ahead. Let's hear the last one. The last one is, you know, Nevada came up with, trying to utilize the if you had an eye poke uh, allowing the the ringside physician to actually bring in a damp towel or damp cloth that the fighter could actually use to help you know rub out their eye because if you're putting some type of fluid in it, it makes the eye feel a little bit better and so it's a clarification for everywhere to be able to utilize that damp cloth and for the ringside physician to understand Look, you don't walk in the cage and have a guy that just got poked in the eye say, can you see? <laughs> you know, it, it's, it, you uh, know we want to ask him, hey, can you see me? But I want to do that down the road. I, I, I'm not going to sit there and, you know, right away ask the fighter. And I can tell you back, you know, when I was refereeing, I, I would, you know, tell the, ring, the ringside physician, hey, right now, let's just give him time. I want you to look at his eye. Don't be asking him anything right now. Let's take a look at it. 
You tell me if you see something, you and I will talk, and then we'll go back and talk about can he see. And that's yeah. because you just want to give the fighter time because there is a five-minute, but it's not the fighter that's in control of the five minutes. It's that ringside physician and the referee that's in control of it. And you want to try to give that fighter as much time. But as soon as the doctor says, oh, he's good, you got to start the fight. Yeah. You don't get you, you can't sit there and, and now I oh I'll give you more time. You don't have that power. So you want to try to manipulate things so you're giving them enough time to where they feel comfortable and it's that they're not being pushed by someone saying, you know, can you see? And they don't want to say no because they know what's gonna happen. So they're sitting there trying to buy time this way. The ringside physicians are, are being told, don't ask them right away about it. Can you see? Give them the damp cloth. See if that helps. It's yeah. just something to try to bring about a better result. Yeah, the number one thing that doctors, even refs, would first the question they would say, first thing they would ask you was, can you see? You're like, man, I just got poked in the eye. Like, give me a second. <laughs> give me a second. I mean, my, my go-to is always pretty much tell you guys to fuck off and then like kind of turn my back to you guys and walk away. Because I knew that they were coming at me going, are you okay? Can you see? And you know that the words, no, I can't see, no, cannot come out of your mouth. So you're yeah. trying to pussyfoot around it and you're a little bit tired normally. Uh, you know, everything else is on your mind, but the fucking ref in your eye. You're just trying to figure out how can I get my eye clear so I can see. And it's one of the most frustrating moments is when the doc comes in is like, are you able to see? And you're like, give me a second. Just give me a second to clear it. Give me a second to, yeah. you know, you can't put any water in it, but now apparently you can. Now, now you you're can. saying a damp cloth. Can I put water and then put the damp cloth over it? Like pour water in my no, eye? You cannot pour out pour water. What is over the what's it. the reasoning behind that? Because when someone puts water into the cage, no matter if it's on the ground, it can cause a problem with the matte surface. You know, because not all surfaces are canvas. Yeah, that's true. Some are vinyl and it becomes a slippery problem. Or you can have it to where now the the person has watered their body and now they become more slippery compared to their... So they try to not to introduce that type of water. You'll see that, you know, you, guys are, you know, they'll, they'll sneak and they'll pour water over the guy's head and they're saying, hey, towel them off, right? It's always the same thing, but the, they're just trying not... But the damp cloth, it's it's got water. You can actually, you know, squeeze okay. it a little bit and, and put some water in your eye. But, you know, it's I used to tell fighters all the time, you know, if they got poked in the eye and stuff, you know, I would sit there, and John Dodson was a great one. You know, I would sit there and I'd say, you know, you know, hey, you know, can you see me? Right? And he says, yeah. And I said, am I good looking? Right? And he'd go, he'd go yeah. So obviously you can't see, so yeah. I got to give you more time. Right? <laughs> you know, you, there's ways of, you know, again, manipulating. Yeah. You got to, you know, do things that kind of lighten the situation if you can. Too. You were never that nice to me in the cage, ass. You well, you, that's ass. because you weren't as nice as John Dodson. I, I definitely was not. <laughs> I definitely was not. I was never nice to the refs. I never. Like, I just, I always felt like you guys. Were you, against you. Yeah, not even so much against us. Just you, your job was to keep the fight moving. And in situations where there was a nut shot or an eye poke or a, head, a clash of heads, you guys were like, okay, come on. Are you feeling better? You're like, you almost. I never did that. Yeah, you just felt the pressure, though, of, you know. Yeah. Like, of, <laughs> you, it, I, I was, it was a, you felt I, like there was pressure. Yeah. yeah. But you're in your mind, you're like, I want to fight. I, I want to keep going, but I really need to clear my cobwebs for a second from a headbutt or an eye poke or whatever it is. Um, you know, and just give me that time. Give me my space, man. Like that, like that every, for me, I just don't. There was one time you and I, I think we're, we were, I can't remember what fight it was, but you grabbed me by the arm for something. 
And I was like, what in the fuck is this guy doing? <laughs> like, why are you, like, why are you grabbing me right now? Like, why are you big daddy. I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think, I think it was a growing shot or an eye poke, something along the lines, but it was, it was early in my career. And, uh, and you had grabbed it was me. Probably and, because you were doing your walk, walk away. Yeah. And you grabbed me and were telling, trying to tell me to, to like, Hey, you got to get ready Step to fight. And I was like, Oh man, no, no, I was just telling you where to stay. Yeah. The, the second rule is, okay, so you said it's codifying language on referee discretion on when to separate stalling fighters. But isn't there something also in there that says a fighter has made a foul, will not get an advent, advantageous position back, but will stay in a disadvantaged position, disadvantageous position, if that was the case before the foul? Is that also incorporated into this rule number two? Yes. So like if they clash head or if they, if I'm on top and I clash heads with you, I come down on top of you, you're going to, you're going to pick me back up. I want you to think of it this way. Cause you're not going to put me on top. <laughs> you well, know, we've had, you, we used to try to say, you know, and, and there's always going to be something that, you know, makes it to where the way you can try to teach somebody something, it's not going to work out, but it's what they remember. And so, you know, we would say that, look, if, if the, bottom fighter fouls okay we don't take them out of the position if the top fighter fouls we take them out of the position because most of the time josh when you think about it you know the top fighter is the person in control of the position mm -hmm. but we've had it to where you know the, a fighter gets the back of someone he ends up on his back and he's trying to he work for the choke and the guy you know, that's on the top position with his back to his opponent takes and, you know, swings his head back and headbutts, mm. right? Referee stops it, you know, takes a point and then starts him from a standing position. You go, what are you doing? Right? And he goes, well, he's the top fighter. I can't put him back in the same. Yeah, common sense, brother. Mm -hmm. But that's where we're talking about with this is what benefits the fighter that was fouled okay is it staying on the ground or is it putting them to a stand-up position that's what the referee should be taking into consideration and doing if you were the fighter that was fouled what is the best thing for me to do for you based upon the position that you're in put you back in that position or is it to take you out of that position? Do you ask you the fighter? Position? Do you ask? I do the all the I used to all the time. Oh, really? I would sit there and say, "Oh, absolutely." Because if I looked at it and said, "Hey, I should put you to the stand-up position," but I know you're a grappler. That's and you've what I've been working hard to. to get this person to the ground. Yep. I would say, "Hey, I'm going to give you the choice. I'll let you be in the stand-up position, or I'll put you back underneath him. Which Which do you want?" And I would let the fighter make yeah. that decision because they were the one that was fouled. That's what I want to know. Like, if you have someone like a Damian Maya, right, fighting like an Israel Adesanya, put him he's back like, on the ground. I, I worked real yeah. hard to fucking pull guard. So he's <laughs> like, I want to be on the ball. I want to be here. This is where oh, I want to yeah. be. So I'm safer down here yeah. and I'm going to be better off. Yes. That's what I wanted to know. Would you be willing to ask? And if you did ask, okay, do you take that in consideration or are you just asking? Absolutely. To, yeah. God. Okay. Perfect. Like, these are all rules that these are new rule changes. Now, these fighters They're will new, not. But they, they have been employed. The damp thing has been employed. I saw that a couple times. Now it's everywhere. Okay. All right. Look, I think these are all good changes. They are. They're all good changes. Every one of them. I mean. Every one of them. I'm surprised that. Um, I'm actually not surprised. To you guys now we'll see if we it. can get rid of the 12 to 6 elbow. 
<laughs> John, like Lorenzo Fertitta said, just sometimes you got to let them have let something. Let it go. Yeah, you got to let it go. It, just let it you got to let them have their, their, their thing that makes them feel like they've done something. Yeah, I get it. All right, look, we, we've rambled on enough, but I wanted to make sure that the, the rules got out there. Fighters, you guys can just go right to that and so you guys can learn the new rules. Because I know you guys didn't know these anyways, and you didn't. You probably don't know half the other rules. But There you go. Uh, it, it baffles me, right, when you see fighters, like, they get knee in the face, you know, when they're down or anything like that. And the thing, they look up at the ref and, like, do I win if, uh, if oh, I yeah. stay down? <laughs> You know, and um, but anyways, hey, all right, let's go ahead and talk about the main event. Aljamain Sterling, Sean O'Malley. <laughs> let's go right in. <laughs> speaking of fouls. So, yeah, let's speak it up. All right, let's I go hope ahead. I hope there's no foul in this fight. No. no. I think this is a, I think this is a, a good matchup. Mm. I think it benefits one fighter pretty well. I think Aljamain Sterling has a big advantage in this fight. That's, you know, you can sit there and say whatever you want. Sean O'Malley is a hell of a fighter. I take nothing from him. He's got a very good ground game. I'm not too sure it's as good as uh, Aljamain's. And if there's one difference between the two, Aljamain's striking has never been his mainstay, but he's definitely adequate with it, and he does a good job with guys that are good strikers. So they're striking. If you want to say that Sean's got a little bit of an advantage, okay, I'll give it to you. You want to say on the ground, submission-wise, they're close, but I got to give it to Aljamain. But the big difference, one's a good wrestler, and one's not a wrestler. Mm-hmm. One's got adequate wrestling, and he's going to have a very hard time. If, if Aljamain comes into him, Sean's going to have a hard time not keeping uh, Aljamain from taking him down. <clears throat> or keeping Aljamain from taking him down. But that's the the real difference that I see in it. You know, Aljamain Sterling, you know, we can say everything you want about, you know, what's been going on in the Bantamweights, and we've talked about the Bantamweights are, you know, just phenomenal. It's the best division in the sport. Yeah, as far as right now, overall talent, everything, just unbelievable. And look, you know, take a look at the freaking lineup that he has gone through. You know, and, and everyone's going to give their little thing about, well, yeah, but, you know, Henry was just coming back. And, nope. God damn it. Man, he went, you know, Corey Sanhagen to get to the championship. Yeah, I know the thing that happened with, you know, Peter Yan, but then came back and had a great performance against Peter Yan. He won that one. Wins against TJ. Yes, TJ had the shoulder, but you know what? That's not on fucking no, Aljamain. No. He went out there and did exactly what he was supposed <clears throat> to do. He dominated that fight and got the win. And then he takes on Henry Cejudo and he gets the win there. The dude has been outstanding, just outstanding. And, and you could say, you know, who's the best bantamweight there's ever been in the UFC? Well, Dominic Cruz would be the first one that I would think of. Yeah. But you could definitely say that Aljamain Sterling might have taken that spot. Ooh. It's there. It's there, dude. Ooh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I would well, probably have to go with the one that Take replaced, a look at overall <clears throat> wins. But who replaced Dom? On when he was on his hiatus. Uh, fuck, can't remember his name. The one. Cody? Uh, no, Aldo's. Uh, no, no. Uh, Jose Aldo's uh, teammate. Hannon Morale. Oh, he was fucking. Bahal? Yeah, Bahal, he was kicking everyone's ass. Yeah, but he was. But, no. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. How many? That's what I'm saying. He won, I want to say, two fights as the champion and then lost to Dillashaw. Mm, did he? I thought it was more than that. Two or three. That was it. Can you look him up? Heenan Bahau. This is his record right here. Look it up, baby. 
This is record scroll. Okay, this, this is record scroll down. So when we see the champion, so he's got yeah, wins on. over so, Faber, McDonald, Wineland, Faber. No, no, again. no. McDonald, McDonald didn't fight him for the championship. <clears throat> I thought that was for a. I thought he did fight him for the championship because McDonald was a last minute replacement. I thought. Now take a take a look at the. The yeah, might, have, might have been four rounds. The, yeah, it was Five, the main so event. he's got he's got a win against Uriah <clears throat> for the title, probably. Yep, that's a bantamweight title fight. Yeah, that was yep. bantamweight title. Yep. So then he's got a win against Uriah. That was probably to to win it, or was to McDo the McDonald fight to win it? Let's see. Remember, it was, was a vacant title fight as well. This was a title fight. Yeah. <clears throat> and then was, Uriah so the so and that was because it was vacant because of uh. Well, I don't know. Was Dominic. the was the Scotty Jorgensen fight the vacant one? No, it's a three fight. That's no, a it's three a three, fight. Okay. It's a three round fight. Okay. So the Uriah fight was a five round. So that was to for a vacant title. Mm -hmm. So he wins that. Then he beats McDonald. Mm -hmm. Um, he Eddie Wineland he beats Eddie Wineland for the mm -hmm. championship. Yeah. You know, I guess I don't remember Wineland getting a championship, but okay, he beats Uri Uriah again. That's three. Yeah. And then he loses. Yeah. True. True, true, true. But I mean, look at who. Look and at, that was his first loss in a long time. Yeah, right? yeah, think, yeah. That that was another thing. He, had he hadn't lost in like forever. I mean, since like his first fight. Scroll all the way down. Yeah, look at all those wins. One yeah. no contest in first there. fight. Boom. Wow. I mean, I think that's what made him so popular because at the time he was just he was so dominant. He was whooping everyone. He was. He was more afraid of really. Him. Mm -hmm. Look, I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from Aljo. I think Aljo's fantastic. I think he's a phenomenal fighter. Um. I agree with you. He's got definitely got to me. I think he's got the edge on the ground. I'm not going to rule out Sean O'Malley on the ground though either, but he does have the edge in terms of wrestling and jujitsu. Um, that also being said, I, I'm going to go almost that they're complete opposites where Sean O'Malley has a very stark advantage on the feet. Now you're saying not as much. And I think Aljo's got good standup. I, I don't think it's bad. I think he's fast. He's explosive, but the way that Sean O'Malley's usually utilizes his footwork and the way he's able to use his length and his reach with the snapping of the jab, it's that's going to give, like with Peter Yan, right? You knew that they were going to be in the pocket. Peter's going to hit you in the pocket because he's not a big guy, you know? Yeah. But but Sean O'Malley's not going to be there. Like he's going to be push kicking. He's going to be up kicking right to the face. He's going to be trying to stick the long jab. He'll be hitting the uppercuts along with the left hooks and the long jab. He's going to be mixing up the combination, switching the stances left and right. Now, as a wrestler, it doesn't matter what kind of wrestler you are. Every wrestler will tell you, as you start switching your stance, because we're not used to that as wrestlers. We're not used to you switching because I like to shoot with my right leg forward. I like to shoot with my yep. left leg forward. Okay, Those are things that wrestlers have to make adjustments on. And I don't know, maybe Sean has seen <clears throat> how he shoots his double leg or how he shoots his, his takedowns. It's like, okay, if I'm in this stance, he shoots less or he's not as comfortable or his takedowns aren't as deep off when he shoots off of this leg forward. And he may fight from that direction. He can do it. That's what he's been able to do against everyone. And his fight with Peter Yawn, even though I thought Peter Yawn won the fight, he, like I said, after that fight, he outpunted the coverage beyond. I'd had no idea that he was going to be that good against Peter Yawn. Peter Yawn was fucking walking through people and making it look easy what he did to Jose Aldo and other guys. I was like, holy yeah. shit, he's going to light Sean O'Malley up. Sean doesn't even know what's coming yet. And he was impressive. And the speed of which he has, okay, to snap the jab, the knees up the middle, the height, the height difference will be a little bit of, it will be significant also. Is he, is 
Sterling dips his head to throw his jab to, to lead into the takedowns. He's got to be very cautious of those knees, man. He's, he has his last loss has been knock, has been a knockout, but it's a head kick slash like knee head kick, I believe, right? Yeah. Against Marlon Marais. Yeah. yeah. So those things will be there. Now I know that Aljo's gotten a lot better, a lot better. He's just fine tuned his game. He's matured into who he is as a fighter. He is spectacular all over the, the mat. And what he did in that second Peter Yan fight, shit. I was I I had I kind of ruled him out because I was like, look, the way you fought the first fight, you think you're gonna do that in the second fight? No way. But he came in shape. He came ready to yep. fight after his next surgery. He was ready to go. It was like after the injury, it was a mindset of, I've got to be in the best shape I possibly can. All I can do right now, you know, without fucking myself up, is do cardio. And he did it. And I think he's gonna carry that over. But Sean O'Malley's got great conditioning also. He pushes the pace. This is going to be a fun fight. I think it's going to be a lot funner than people think. It's going to be a lot closer than people think. Where I think that, obviously, if Sean can keep it on the feet, I think he wins. If Aljo takes it to the ground, I think he's able to control the position and, and do his thing. He may even get a submission. <clears throat> but where this fight gets interesting for me, John, is when you look back at the Peter Yan fight, you look back at some of the old fights, and I saw a guy who did a video. I can't remember who did it, but he had put it out on social media. And I was watching. I'm like, Holy shit. And I've seen actually not just one guy, two other guys try to follow suit, just didn't do as good a job at putting the video together. The video of Sean O'Malley using the fence every single time he gets up by grabbing the fence. That's something you got to be cautious of and careful of. Like, pay attention because will there be points taken away? Sean utilized the fence way more than I was even paying attention to. I didn't even think on takedown defenses, on, on ability to get himself up from this, from the knee position against the fence, like actually literally turning himself to hit the, uh, the, like the switch on the takedown. He hit the switch a couple times and he used the fence to help create the momentum to get deeper on the switch. Those are all things that may potentially cost him the, the, a point in a round and then eventually catch, cost him the fight. So those are things that we got to kind of be cautious of when I'm thinking of betting and I'm thinking of the betting lines and how this thing, I'm not, obviously I'm not putting money on, you know, a DQ from fence grabbing, but <laughs> I would say that would be a bad idea. Yeah. But I, but I am thinking like that's going to play a factor because Aljo will get in deep on these takedowns. He's fast. Yep. He's explosive. He's got great wrestling. And if Peter Yon was able to take, uh, Aljamain or able to take, um, Sean O'Malley down, Aljo is going to be able to take him down also. It's how right. well Sean O'Malley gets back up to his feet. That's, That's exactly it. And how does he do it? Does he get points taken away because he's grabbing the fence? That will tell, that will help me change when I'm looking at the betting lines on how I make my bets. What do you think? Uh, you know, the betting line on it right now, what? Minus 258 and a plus 210. I look at it. Aljamain Sterling has been very impressive as the champion. He has fought well. He's fought smart. And I look at it, and I said, the, the big difference to me is the wrestling. Mm -hmm. One has a huge advantage in that area. I agree with you that I think Sean O'Malley's got a little bit. I'm going to give a little bit. I'm not saying it's, you know, you know, so stark. It's, he's not Israel Adesanya. Mm -hmm. But he's damn good in the stand-up, and he uses his length well. And he he's, the front kicks are good. But Al Jermaine has fought guys that are just as good as that in the stand-up. And I think he's going to do just fine. But, you know, I look at it and I think Aljamain should be the, the favorite. Mm -hmm. You know, and if it's a matter of, does he get it done? 
I don't, you know, I think he did. I think he does. Well, like, hey, look, if I'm going to weigh in on the odds here, no pun intended. Actually, yeah, there was pun intended. Boom, boom. But is is if I'm weighing in on these odds and I'm looking at it right now, you got Aljo at minus 258 and you got Sean O'Malley at plus 210. I'm not really taking that bet. You know, um, I do believe that Sean's going to win, but I'm not putting 258 down. Oh, you're going with Sean. No, no, sorry, not Sean. I think uh, Aljo. I think Aljo's going to ah, win, okay. but I'm not putting the, I'm not putting the 258 down to win that money. You know, there's just, I'm just not taking that chance. Um, but I also look at the reason why I would go more with Aljo is this is when the fight does hit the ground, one is physically, I think, a lot stronger than the other. I agree. And when chasing submissions, like that physical strength on attacking the arm, lifting the chin, getting under the neck, all those things, the physical strength happens. It's very important. It does push to the side chokes to get in the neck and the back front guillotines all those things play a huge factor when the whoever the stronger fighter is now aljo is also someone that doesn't chase it if it's not there to where he blows himself out and then all of a sudden now his arms are like lead so that's another thing so i look i'm not gonna i'm not gonna rule out sean o'malley but i would lean definitely towards aljamain sterling now look if you're gonna look to take a little bit of a bet if you're going to look to take a little bit of that, the over is plus 130 on four and a half. I mean, I would maybe potentially say this could go the distance based on that Sean O'Malley is good on the ground. He is somebody that could um, stay away from the submission, getting submitted long enough. Who knows? But I, th- I think if I was to potentially take that, I would probably say that. I, yeah, would, well, I would take the over. You take the over? I think I might take the under. Yeah, but you're going you're gonna to bet the 130? I would bet. Sorry, it's one. It's one sixty six on the one, under at four and a half. Minus one sixty six. Yeah, you know, which is it's telling you something. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I believe the same thing though. To be honest, John, I believe the same thing. I think I think that Sean. I think that the strength of of Aljo on the ground. Is Aljo good. is a huge bantamweight. Yeah, he's big. Huge bantamweight. Now Sean is tall. Mm-hmm. You know, but he is, he's string being built, and that doesn't mean that he's weak. It's just that you can see Aljamain has got strength. Mm. He, he does a lot of, you know, movement where all of a sudden he uses that power, and you can see when he does. Now, most of it, you know, it's technique, and he's, his technique is outstanding. He takes the back incredibly well. Mm. You know? Yeah, yeah, and no, he's he, fantastic. He reminds me of Patchy Mix a little bit in that area. Yeah, very, very yeah. much. And, uh, I, I just look at it based upon everything that I've seen, and I think Sean O'Malley is going to be around for a long time, and I think he's going to be the champ. I just don't think it's going to be in this one. Ooh, really? One, you think he's going to be the champ? Yep. Wow. Interesting. Eventually, I think Sean O'Malley will be your champion. Let's get. I want to. While we're still on this main event, but I want to get just strictly into Aljo. Is he said ninety nine percent sure he's going up to featherweight after this? Yeah. <clears throat> I think that is the dumbest thing. Why? Because the reason why I'm this way is this is your opportunity to make as much money as you possibly can as the champion. If you're not the champion, you your pay gets cut in half. You go to 145, and you're you're. I think obviously you'd probably get right to a title shot. You'd be your first fight champion yeah. versus champion. Yeah. And you lose that fight because you're vacating the 35 pound title. You're now not making what you were making being the champ at 135, where you were more than able to to beat potentially the rest of the crew that are behind you. 
You know, you got Sanhagen chomping at the bit pretty much right there, next in line, I think, after that. I know you got Marab. He's there also, but Marab and him are not fighting. So sure. I get you're probably stepping aside to let Marab have a shot at the title. I think that's partly it. Yeah, and you got Henry trying to make his, you know, his comeback, and him and he's waiting. I think Henry's waiting on Marab is what I think he's waiting on because that's stylistically that's a perfect matchup for him, or he believes it is, and I I think it is yeah. too. I'm not saying that it's a hundred percent guaranteed he's going to win, but I think it's a it's a stylistic matchup that's perfect for him to end up being okay. the champ again. Um, I just don't think it's a good idea by by Aljamain Sterling. He's got good, he's got good momentum right now. Making the weight may be difficult. But you know what's even more difficult is after you have a loss, trying to get back to that top. And at 145, we all know the speed, the tenacity, the ability, and the mental of that guy sitting there, Volkanovski, is just something not to be fucked with. No, you know. I agree with and that. so, I mean, it's I know he's I know Aljo's a big guy for that weight class, but I mean, we just saw we just saw what uh, Volk did to to Islam. It was a lot bigger guy. So it just like physical body frame is what I meant. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I just want to get your thought on your thoughts on that. Yeah, I, I look at it and I, I don't know how much, you know, I don't know what it's taking out of Aljo to get to thirty five, you know. And if it's and like you know, one of the things I just said, he's a huge hundred thirty five pounder. Mm. You know, he carries a lot of muscle for a hundred thirty five pound fighter who's got not he's not a small frame guy. You know, a Corey Sanhagen is a large frame guy, but he's thin. A Sean O'Malley is a large frame guy, but he's thin. Aljamain's not, so I don't know how much it takes. If it's taking so much that it's going to affect his performance, I think it's the right thing to do to move up. If he can maintain it, I think he's got the ability at 135, if he stayed there, to, you know, continue to ride the wave and and continue to, to beat these, you know, top guys in the toughest division i think there is and cement yourself as the the greatest bantamweight that's uh, the ufc's ever had it's not, not yeah. a bad thing to do yeah yeah i agree i agree i just look at it the, the amount of money he continue to make and then like you said try to work towards solidifying yourself as the best bantamweight i know he's got i feel i feel like he's got a long ways to go though to get past dom cruz if you pull, pull up the pull up the rankings for me please at 135 pounds so he's beat he's beaten uh TJ who's out now. He's beaten um if he beats Sean O'Malley, it'll be Sean and and Sanhagen. And Sanhagen. Yon. Yon. The uh Vera Font, Song Yadong. I mean now you're looking at new guys coming up in the in the rankings. Um I mean, I'm looking at that. I mean, outside of all of them, I would say Corey would I think give him a good go. I know he's beaten Corey, got the submission. They're both different fighters now. They're the same fighters, but they're they're both respectively better. You know, um, I agree. And Corey's gotten a lot better on the ground. I don't know if it's enough to stop his jujitsu and stuff, but I guess I would love to see that fight again. The one that obviously, and I'm just not a Homer thing, is Umar Namar. It's a Homer thing. This is not Homer. It's a Homer thing. This is not Homer. (laughs) And I'm and look, and I'm and I'm actually not even saying Umar is going to win. I'm saying that it makes for a very good fight. The power, the power that Umar possesses now that he's become a fucking full blown man. I mean, like he's he's got a lot more power. Physically, very very strong. Um, style the style of his stand up will give will give him fits, and his ability to stuff takedowns and his style of wrestling to stuff takedowns is something that Aljo is going to have a little bit of a different a hard time with. I'm not saying that he's not going to get him down. I'm saying he's going to have a little bit more of a hard time getting him down because it's a different style of takedown defense 
and how they defend their takedowns. So, but those, I agree with you though. Those are probably the only two guys in that whole division that I would think that would give him a hard time. Yeah. That's it. You know, um, but is that enough to really get him past Dom? That's a question. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the co-main event. Co-main event, another championship fight. Wei Li Zhang against Amanda Limos. This is, uh, Amanda Limos is, you know, she's had a, you know, she was on fire there and she got stopped in her one fight, you know, against, um, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm blanking on the name. I can't say it. Uh, Andrage. Mm -hmm. It was against Andrage that she lost the one, I believe. But uh, she's she's the full package. But Wei Li Zhang, she does everything well. Yeah. Everything well. She wrestles well. She strikes well. She's got a good submission game. You know, physically she's strong. Physically she can go. She's got a great gas tank. She's she's a hard person to pick against. Mm. Dave, kick on uh click sorry, kick on. Click on uh Lamos, please. Who was her loss to? Was it Andrage? I thought it was Andrage. Yep. It was. She was on a win streak for a while, gang. That, that, that was that was that was that standing. Louise, Angela Hill, arm triangle. If you yeah. recall, yes, I do recall. Yep, she just made a mistake. She yeah. made a mistake. She, she got caught. Watterson. She beat uh, Maria Rodriguez. Um, she when I when I was reading the thing, I did, I couldn't recall if it was Jessica Andrade, but I think Andrade is the one that said earlier today that that she that Lemos actually hits a lot harder than than Whaley Zhang. And I'm like, oh wow. She's like, yeah, her she cracks, she's faster than her, she hits harder than her. Um I but I look at what Whaley has been doing the last two fights. She's evolving her game, working with Henry Cejudo, understanding what the when to wrestle. Her wrestling's her wrestling's got way better. When to wrestle, when not to wrestle, when to throw big shots, when not to throw big shots. Game planning at a higher level and using her fight IQ instead of just being the person that fought uh Yoana Young Jacek. That person is a dog. That person, yeah. You need to pull that person out every once in a while. But if you're gonna that's when you need to. Not not every single fight. You're run you're you're basically what do you, what is it called? Burning your burning it both burning the candle at both ends. Burning both ends. You know, and that's kind of what she was doing. You know, sure, you're winning the fights, but man, you're taking years off your life and your career by fighting sure. that way. Yeah. Um I look at this fight. As long as she fights a smart fight, the takedowns will be there. She, the speed of her of of Zhang uh, Weili getting in on the takedowns. I think the strength might be a little bit more too in Weili's favor, but the power and the speed of Lemos's hands, I think, is going to be a factor. How many times can she hit her? But where we have found John with Weili Zhang, she will be there in the fourth and fifth round. She will push the pace. She won those fights. And whereas Joanna was the person that always had the better cardio in the third, fourth, and fifth round, she outworked her in that third, fourth, and fifth round. I haven't seen another female in that weight class be able to do that. Yeah. Be able to do that. Now, I don't know what Lemos's cardio will be like in the fourth and fifth round, but I would almost put money down that if I was to look on the weighing in on the odds and see if there was a betting line for that, I'd put my money on. On Whaley Zhang, outlasting her or having better rounds or winning those later rounds in four or five and, and three, four and five, because she, I know she's got the dog in her. We've seen it. We've seen it too many times. And so let's go ahead and look at these uh, these odds for the weighing in on the odds segment. And Whaley Zhang's pretty heavy favorite, mm -hmm. three to one basically at minus three hundred five plus two forty five for Lemos. You know, you look at it, the over, which cracks me up because the over under is at three point five, three and a half rounds. So they're giving you. You know, a round and a half past the norm, and it's plus 
135 for the over and a minus 175 for the under. So mm. really they're looking at it to, to stop before that. And uh, I don't know. I look at it. It's Lemos is good. Weili Zhang has, mm-hmm. she's really just the, 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 per, the person that gives her problems is a person that's got great movement. Mm. Someone that moves in and out and uses lateral uh, movement that tends to slow her down a little bit. Someone that stands in front of her, which Lamos will, is the kind of fight that she usually does well in. Yeah, I'm going to go with the under. I'm going to go with Whaley. I think Whaley's going to be able to physically dominate her in that clinch, how she yep. did against Jessica Andrade and how she's done against so many other fighters. She's going to make it a dirty, grimy fight. Maybe look for submissions, maybe look for the takedowns. And I think once she gets to the top position, she's going to be nasty. Vicious ground and pound, control, yep. all of those things. And she doesn't need to get the takedowns, but she will to yep. keep it, to keep it fresh, to keep Lemos thinking like, damn, I, if I throw too many big shots, I'm going to get taken down. If I get put on bottom, I'm going to get controlled. I'm going to get hit with some big shots. Those are all yep. things that go through fighters' minds. So this is one of those, uh, fights where I'm going to arrive with the, with the champ and Wei Lee. And I think she's going to have yeah. a dominant performance. And I'm going to take the under on the three and a half at minus 175. Probably put about 250 down. And, uh, and go with that. And then if I was to take, I would, I would definitely just wouldn't bet for her to win on the minus 305. It's just too much money. Too much money to and put with, out. Huh? And with Lemos's power, uh, nah, she's going to have some pop in that first round, round and a half. And so I'd yeah. stay away from that. I'd stay away from that. So just my, uh, my two cents on that whole, that whole deal. All right. Go ahead. Let's go to the, uh, Coco main event. I guess you would call it. <laughs> what? Now the Coco and Neil Magny taking on Ian Gary or, Ian Machado, Gary, Neil Magny taking this thing pretty much last uh, last minute. You know, it's but he always comes in shape. He's always ready. He yeah, talks about he's always, he's always training. And he he's I don't think he's somebody he that is. would take a fight unless he believed he could win. He's one of those guys, oh. I believe. I tell you right now, I believe this is a very difficult fight for Ian Gary. Mm. You know, I have nothing but respect for Neil Magny. He is a dog. He's he's got very unorthodox. Uh, stand up, not a ton of power as far as, you know, he doesn't have that one, you know, crack knockout power, but he's a volume guy that puts a lot of volume on and wears you out. He's got a very good ground game. And I'll tell you, there's not a doubt in my mind. His ground game is better than Ian Gary's right now. Ian Gary, I think is you know <laughs> going to want to keep this in the stand up. Uh, he wants to keep it on the feet. He wants to try to, to hurt Neil in the stand up, but he's going to, this is where that, you know, the rubber meets the road in that now you're facing mm-hmm. a guy with a ton of experience who is a, as we would call a wily veteran that has been in all kinds of different situations, has had to work his way out. He's lost some of those fights. He's won some of those fights, but he's, he's been there and done it where you, you've walked through a lot of guys. You're, you're, you're a great fighter, but you haven't experienced everything. And so then all of a sudden, Something is just not going right for you in the fight, and you don't know how to fix it. Where that's what Neil Magny can do to you. So this could be a very difficult fight for Ian Gary. You know what's funny is I look at like a Neil Magny, almost like a Jake Shields, right? You throw Jake Shields in there with with these top level black belts in a jujitsu tournament, and he makes him uh, look average. You take yeah. Neil Magny, you put him there with the guys that are supposed to be the next biggest thing or guys that are the top four or five ranked fighters. He makes him look average. He just has a, a body style. He has a style in which he fights. 
just makes it difficult for all these fighters to deal with. See, it's it's the guys that have a specific world title type of talent. A guy that, you know, like a Gilbert Burns that is so good on the ground. Yeah, he he can beat Neil Magny there. But it takes a guy like mm-hmm. Gilbert Burns to do it. You know, or it takes a guy, you know, that's got just world caliber, you know, stand up, a wonder boy that becomes difficult for Neil Magny in that situation. Okay. Ian Gary has not gotten to that point yet. He doesn't have a ground game like a Gilbert Burns. He doesn't have a stand-up game as technically difficult to match up as a Stephen Thompson. He's good. I'm not taking anything away from him. He is a young talent. He is going to just get better. But you can take a look right now and say, he's a good fighter, but he's not great anywhere right now. Is he a great stand-up fighter? I've seen guys... Hurt him. I saw he got dropped and rocked in his okay. well, not last fight, but the fight before. He was in a lot of is trouble. He a, is he a great wrestler? No. No. He's good. He, he can wrestle. Is he a great submission fighter? No. But he, he's a good fighter. He's well-rounded. But so is the guy that he's facing. And so I'm not saying he's not, you know, Ian Gary's not going to win, but he's going to have a tough time beating Neil Magny. There, there's a, there's a, a fine line between being confident and being cocky. He's yeah. treading that right now, Ian Gary Whoa. is. Did you not see that he said he is the only superstar at UFC 292? I'm the superstar. Wow. <laughs> Dude, congratulations. <laughs> congratulations. I mean, this is... <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Look, I love the confidence. Uh, but it's when it starts to border the cockiness of it all, you've got to be very cautious because now you're putting more pressure on yourself as a young talent, undefeated yeah. 12 and 0. Okay. There's a lot at risk for you right now. You lose to Neil Magny. We're not talking about keeping you in the rankings, man. We're talking about, okay, how do we get you a win to get you back on track? You know, and then that, that's really what the UFC is thinking. We've put money. We've started investing time into you. We're wanting you to win. They're, we're bringing you in someone who stylistically, Neil's not going to probably try to take him down. He may threaten it here and there. Oh, he'll take him down. But yeah, he'll take him down. And then and then I think, you know, on the feet, though, I think Neil Magny with the, the push kick, the long jab, the quick hands, it's going to be a problem. He's difficult to deal with. He's, he's difficult to deal with. Now, Ian Gary's a tall, long, lanky kid himself. Yep. You know, uh, pretty well built. And, uh, you know, I hear nothing but great praises about him at Kill Cliff. Everyone talks about how good he is, talented. And the one thing he does have, he's got power. Yes, he does. He can smack. No, he he can. He can, but he's also been, his chin's been a little checked also as of recently. And so, you know, he can be hurt. You know, he's not just walking through everyone's punches like they don't affect him. So there's a lot at stake for Neil Magny. It's a a win-win situation. I come in, I get paid. There's less, there's less at risk for him. I think so. You know, um, coming in on short notice, Ian Gary, there's a lot at stake losing your O. Okay, um, fighting a guy who's a seasoned veteran, but also the UFC expecting you to get through this guy. You've got to show me you can beat this guy before I even start talking about or thinking about putting you against against a top five guy or top three guy or whatever it is. So this is a big deal. This is a big deal for him. Next fight. <clears throat> oh, Damone Blackshear stepping in right away, man. Damone Blackshear just had an outstanding submission victory last week with the twister. Well, he's just stepping right back in and going against Mario Batista. Mario Batista, very good on the ground, good with a stand-up. He's a well-rounded fighter. I look at that. It's a pretty even fight. 
I mean, they both they both should be in shape. They both should come to fight. Yeah. And um, one of the real questions, see, and I look at this, you know, sometimes when you you feel like, well, I I, I didn't have to work that hard in my fight or anything. It's just that you you peak in that camp, and then you make that weight, and then you get that fight, and it does start to tail off, and you just the the second weight cut kicks your ass. Yeah. The, I don't even look at it as the weight cut point of view, and I, I, didn't, I cut I cut weight. I didn't cut a ton of weight though, but I mean I was cutting in the twenty, you know, in the twenty pound range almost every fight. But I look at it more as the mental, the sense of relief when the fight is over. You're checked out, sure. and then now you called me to fight this guy. Now I got to check myself back in. I spend six to eight weeks checking myself into that first fight. I exude. I. Used all my energy in camp. I, I, I did everything to focus on that one person. And this is somebody who is, like you said, I'm riding high. I didn't use a lot of energy. I got the submission. I moved on. I'm, it was, I'm not banged up at all. I have an opportunity to make a ton of money. Those fights don't normally go well, the second one. And no, they don't. It's because yeah. you have mentally checked out. You are, you're, you're, you're I got paid already. I'm, I, I'm doing well. Everything is good. You know what? Let me make this little extra cash on the side over here. What happens when you're trying to make a little extra cash on the side? Those are the people that are slanging. Those are the ones that think they're just doing it on the side. I'm doing it on the side. Guess what? I get busted. Well, you got busted because you weren't ready for it. Like you weren't, you weren't your eyes weren't focused on what was ahead of you. And so um, I'm looking at this going, this is, I get you had a great performance. If I was to, I, is there odds on this, Dave? We got no, odds on this. No over-unders. Uh, uh, I, it's a last minute replacement, so I doubt they would have it. No, it doesn't look. No, I yeah, it was right there. Was it? Oh, you saw it? Yeah, keep going, keep going, keep going. I was looking oh, for the apostrophe in his name, but I didn't see it. No, you're right. No, it didn't. I, I thought it because it was right after the thing. I thought it was <clears throat> interesting. Nope. But my 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 th- my thought process on this whole deal is I would probably go with uh, Batista based on the fact that you have a guy coming off of the adrenaline dump, the relief, getting paid. Feeling good. Well, that's, that's trying to get back you know, in that's, the mindset. That's part of the whole reason for the camp is you know there's a physical side to it, there's a mental side to it, and there is a there's a clarity that comes with building up towards that one opponent in that fight, and then it's over, mm-hmm. and then to jump right back in. Some guys can do it, so we'll see if Demond Black. Well, we've seen it. guys do it. Chamaev, he did it. We've seen Holland do it. We've seen Kevin, like these guys have done it. And they've had success. That's I mean that's pretty much yeah. how they catapulted themselves into everyone's front living room and just everyone became a household name is because they did that and i admire them a lot for that but it doesn't always work out for everyone okay so uh okay let's go into the next fight because this fight to me is i think is kind of flying under the radar oh i mean most people are like they're not even giving it what it is marlon vera against pedro munoz pedro munoz ah, he's lost some luster but he hasn't lost his ability to fight Hmm. first off the dude is a phenomenal ground technician but he's really more gone into the stand-up, and uh, he is heavy-handed. Marlon Vera, we know, he is a volume fighter, but he's got power too. Uh, uses his kicks well. He's got a great ground game. This is a great matchup, in my opinion. Uh, I I tend to lean towards Cheeto, you know, a little bit in it, just based upon the fact that he's just a little more, you know elusive on the feet doesn't take as many shots pedro tends to take a lot of shots to try to land the big heavy shot but either guy could win the fight but it's a really great matchup 
I'm going to lean more towards Chito because Chito used more weapons. Pedro has yeah. gone away from his wrestling, gone away from his jiu-jitsu, gone away from his boxing. kicking, and now he's just yep. central. He's just boxing. Yeah. And if he was to continue to get back, if he was to get back to his kicks and maybe threaten, oh, yeah. maybe threaten a takedown every once in a while, I'd probably lean a little bit more towards Pedro. But because Chito Vera is coming off of a loss and he understands what it's, what's at stake and how he needs to get back on the win track. And he was so close to getting a title shot. Oh, he was right there. He just needs to he needs to go out there and make an example out of Pedro Munoz. And I think he's going to utilize every single tool, whether it's his knees, whether it's his elbows, whether it's, you know, the calf kicks, the leg kicks, all of those things. I think you're going to see a very driven and motivated Marlon Vera and Chito Vera. So I'm looking yep. forward to that. The next fight, and this will probably be, I mean, for me, this will be the last one I probably want to talk about, is the return of Chris Weidman, man. Got to give this guy a lot of credit and love. Uh, for his return, nothing but the best for this guy. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. He has talked about this whole camp through his social media. I didn't just spend time trying to heal. I spent try- time trying to get better. So all the things yeah. that I was working on before, he's like, yeah, I'm try- I was trying to get better. I've, d- I've mastered all those things. And now I'm trying to add more tools to my arsenal. Now, I don't know how he's going to end up going ba- you know, with the leg and... That, that first couple kicks you throw or you check or any of those things, that's in your mind, buddy. I know it's in your mind. Oh, yeah. Um, but he's got, he's got a tough task against Brad Tavares, but I think, I think it's a good matchup for him to return on. Brad Tavares, more of a stand up guy, you know, heavy hands, tough dude, can take big shots. So Chris needs to be in that, you know, uh, that mindset of don't don't try to knock you know this guy's block off because that's not easy to do let me just continue to touch him let me keep on making him work hard and uh, just work towards my win but yeah I, I think it's good to see chris weidman coming back trying to make you know you know he I, look at let's be honest he, he's he's not gonna have a title run that's not gonna happen you know ever since his loss of the title to luke rockhold Chris has been on a different run, and he's had a, he's had difficulties in fights, but he's still he's a he's a great fighter. He's a tough dude, and just to see him come back off of that injury, you know, my hats off to him. I hope you know, hope only the best for him. Damn, who brought negative Nancy over here? Fuck. Okay, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Let's take bring bring up that that uh, thing because I believe there's only two wins. Yeah, since uh, the Rockwell loss, he he yeah. beat. Omari and he beat Kelvin Gaslam because yeah. I did that fight. And my, uh, <clears throat> go ahead. My thought is my thought is that he's gonna have to get started on the wrestling. If he can get to the wrestling, he's got great submissions. Also, he just doesn't utilize yeah. them. He's got a good um, he fell in love a little bit with the kicking and the kickboxing and all that stuff during the Anderson Silva camps. You know, and he knew that the wrestling was there and he could utilize it, but I think he fell in love with it a little bit too much, and uh, and it cost him against Rockhold. But I think. If he gets back to the wrestling, because he's he's good at the takedowns, his single leg yeah. dump is probably one of the best in the game. Um, and, and when he gets on top, man, he just finds ways to get to the mount. He finds ways to get to that top position and do damage. He has good ground and pound. So if you're gonna be if he's gonna beat Brad Tavares, that's the way to do it. Yep, I agree. John, is there any other fights on this car that you wanted to chat about? Uh, you gotta give it up for uh there, there's Gerald Mearshart is coming back. He's going against uh Petro, Andre Petrosky, that's actually a really good matchup because Petrosky has got great wrestling. He likes to stand and bang. He's super physical, but Gerald Merchardt, if you don't get rid of him, he's always a danger with his submission game. So, mm-hmm. And Merchardt is now fighting out of uh, 
uh, Killcliffe FC. Uh, so a little bit of a change. He used to be with Rufus Sport. So who's not well training there. out of Killcliffe right now? Well, Who is not? A ton, isn't there? It's fucking there's a, crazy. There's, there's man. a ton of guys. The other one is Austin Hubbard and uh, Kurt Holobaugh, both coming off of the Ultimate Fighter with uh, McGregor and Chandler and stuff. So interesting. They were teammates. Interesting mm-hmm. to watch them go at it. Interesting. Nice to interesting. see them back in the UFC. Uh, yeah, for me, it's going to be go back to that day for me, please. Uh, Gregory Rodriguez, man. He's always fun to watch. Remember, he, got that, big, he got that big cut across his Ooh, uh, where his not? vein was showing. That yeah. was just disgusting. Uh, had that thing broke, it would have just been spewing out like this and they would have stopped the fight for sure. Um, you know, and then Andrea Lee, uh, I love watching her fight. She has, she's had some great performances. KGB. Then, yep. KGB. She has some great performances and she's also had some ones where she just let herself down. So I'm looking to see, um, yep. how she does coming in this one. She's up and down, but she's, she seems like she's on the incline. And then, uh, <clears throat> Marina, Mar- I don't even know how you say it. Awesome. Morose. Morose. Yeah. She's good. She's yeah. really good. She just got to believe in herself yeah. a little bit more and and pull and pull the trigger a little bit more. And physically, That's she's good. she is a style matchup, uh, a one of those like nightmare style match because she's long, she's tall, she's Super long right. for the weight class. She's got a yeah. good jab. She can utilize her kicks good. She's good. She got good takedown defense. She just got to believe in herself a little bit more and let it all let it all hang out. Well, that's going to wrap up our UFC talk, and uh, you guys enjoy that pay-per-view, and we will be doing the recap on that shortly after that, so check check us out. Uh, Before we move on, go to OnlyFans.com slash weighing in. Subscribe to us over there. It is free. John's on there a lot. I've been posting a lot about you, John. I've been posting, you know, know, butt pics, beard pics, you know, haircut pics, all about you, buddy. You know, there you go. Hey, man, we're getting a lot more subscribers. We're actually hitting them pretty good. We're hitting some pretty good numbers, and... um, Hey, man, uh, check us out over there at OnlyFans.com slash Wayne In. Let's go ahead and jump into, we got the PFL also. So we're going to do a, a recap on, a recap. We're going to do a um, breakdown on this. We got Maurice Green and Hennon Ferreira. What do you think? The, well, this is the, the 2023 playoffs, mm-hmm. which Joe Rogan just came out and said that that little bit about the PFL. Where he, I'm going to give you a little advice. You don't have to take it. Just an <laughs> outsider. Get rid of the stupid point things. Yeah. Because it doesn't make sense. But, and and there's exact evidence of it in here, but I like this heavyweight matchup. These both guys huge. Maurice Green is a large man. Heenan Ferreira is big man, six foot eight. This is a good matchup. Both guys like to be in the stand-up for the most part, but... Uh, Fajaya will take the fight to the ground. Green will try to avoid, you know, avoid that. But this is a, a good heavyweight matchup, and Green has been, you know, working out with uh, John Jones, and he feels confident after working with John that he's uh, improved his game to the point where he can take on anyone. He's going to have his hands full with Heenan. Yeah, I'm looking at Maurice Green. If he performs at all like he did in his last fight, he ain't getting out of the first second round. Bingo. I mean, it's he. Ju- I don't know what he was doing, or I mean, there was moments where he turned his back and ran away. But John, John's done that. A couple other fighters have done it. Survival of the fittest. You got to make sure that you, uh, you know, if you're getting on your bike, get on your bike, man. Hey, he continue to fight and look. It got him into this into the playoffs. But I look at but he I lost at, that fight. No, he won that fight. He lost that fight. They gave it to him as a win, John. He lost that fight. Ante Delia won that fight. No, pull but, it up. No, pull he, up Maurice, Maurice Green, Green won. No. no, he lost. 
Are he you was sure? very upset oh, that he who? lost. Yes. Oh, that is right. Oh my Dante God. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Sorry. And I went that's on this why big I'm saying rant. the whole point system is just freaking. That's right. Because he was the one acting like he should have won, and, and when that's they raised right. it, and, and then he, he was looked over. Yeah. That's right. That's right. He yes. got me. Threw me all off, man. Okay. He even had me convinced he won the fight. <laughs> <laughs> No, it just, it came down. To, he was, I remember now looking, he's like, he was disappointed that he, yeah, oh, wow. He was like, oh, yeah, I won. I won. Oh, my gosh. No. Anyways. All right. Well, hey, uh, well, I'm looking, round. if he performs the way he performed in that, in that fight, it ain't going to be good for him. Next fight. No, no, I agree. Larissa Pacheco in a rematch against Olena Kolznik. She's Ukrainian. Kolznik. 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 Yeah. You know, this is this is one that they fought before. I believe it's yeah, just it recently. I believe just recently. Yeah. yeah, it was last year. Last year, because yeah. I think it was uh, Marissa yep. fought her to go and fight. Um, uh, damn it! I want Asp- I want to say it was to fight uh, um, Aspen Lab. Kayla, Kayla, Kayla Harrison, oh, Kayla Harrison. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It was. Yep. And so, you know, look. Larissa's the real deal. Yeah. Larissa can fight. Larissa is a tough out for anybody. Yes, she is. You know, and uh, she's going to walk through Elena again. Yeah. I'm sorry. I agree. She's walk through her. I agree with you. Um, this is, out of all the things, the scoring system for the PFL, I'm like, hey, you know what? I can work around it. We just got to find a way to make it better. Like, there's something there. The scoring system, if you're, if you're so adamant, if the PFL is so adamant about having it there, We've got to have something to make it a little bit better. There's got to be a way to do it. That's one. Two is, this is the thing that I'm the most frustrated about. I've seen these fights. Yeah. I've, like, and that's the it thing. It, that's every season you've seen these fights. It's well, the same it, people. It, okay, but here, take it. And this is the problem. Okay, like you're saying, Larissa and Elena, just watching it was, I mean, it wasn't close. It was no. a dominant performance by Larissa. So now she's going to fight her again. Okay. So she fights her again. And if you go just two fights down, you've got Marina Mocantina going against Amber Lybrock. Now, Amber Lybrock is in the playoffs. She just got smoked by Larissa Pacheco also. Mm -hmm. Okay? And she's in the playoffs based upon, you know, her first fight. She had a knockout in the first round, head kick. It was beautifully done. But it wasn't against a high-level fighter. No. And so she, now she's in the playoffs. And if she beats Marina, because I'm saying, I'm telling you, Larissa is going to beat Elena, yeah. she's going to end up fighting her again. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. no, I get not it. Not what you want to see. I know. It's not what you want to see. It's hard to make your playoffs captivating, to captivate people's attention when you're, I've seen these fights before. That's yeah. my point. Like, yeah. think about this. It's like, okay, look, if we watched Earl Spence and Bud Crawford fight, well, we, just was, watch, we just watched them. It was a great fight. But great are, you fight. Tu- are, you tuning in, are you tuning in in five months to watch the same fight, knowing that it was very no. one-sided? One-sided. I'm not, no. I'm not tuning in for that. And no. that's where we're at right now. With, with you know, So, like, if I want to make some adjustments, like, look, does the PFL have something? They've got something. Okay, the smart cage thing. I know people are like, ah, oh, it's stupid. I actually kind of think it's cool. Whatever. See, John. Really? What? Okay. John, I want, John. Here, just do me a favor. You are an intelligent man. I love you. Tell me what's so smart about their cage. Well, it, it gives it, it gives it gives us stats. I don't know if they're always right, but it gives it us gives stats. You sa- it doesn't give you John. shit. Some little nerd in the truck is giving you. <laughs> <laughs> Look, 
I like what they're doing. They've got something there. They've just got to find ways to tweak it and make it make it a little I bit easier for people to understand. For Sean O'Connell, every time he has to say the smart cage, <laughs> John, <laughs> like poor Sean's got to say oh, a case. There's nothing smart about it. Oh, I do like some of the things they do. As far as I really like, you know, they're uh, where they have their own algorithm as far as. You know who's who's winning the fight based upon what they've seen. Even though you know they give like a percentage, mm-hmm. you know, of, of some you know, some of that's cool. I don't like the fact when they go and they do the like the speed of a kick, mm. okay, and they say seventeen miles per hour. Well, I hate to tell you guys that does not look impressive. Mm. Seventeen miles per hour? That's yeah. not impressive. When the kick is, you're saying the fastest kick of the night. When trust me, when you get someone that really kicks and it hits someone hard. It's a whole lot more than 17 miles per hour. Okay, maybe 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 the the smart cage isn't really where I wanted to go then. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, like- I will go with the same thing you said though. Is I actually do enjoy when they say, "Okay, how did you have it, Randy? How did you have it, yep. Kenny? How do you?" Have- yep, it's kind of fun. Kind of, yeah, you know- they don't they don't go they don't go round by round. They just go fight by fight. Yeah, you yeah. know, and they and I like the fact that they bring fans in. They bring mm. the fans in to say who do you you know who do the fans think one. Kenny, you know, and uh, Randy, and then they have the judges, you know, come yeah. up with, you know, the only official. the issue that I have with that whole breakdown, though, is it really starts to cr- and I don't know how they are with the, with their fighters. Look, we've done stuff on here and fighters have literally DM me, man, you said I was going to lose. Oh, my God. And I'm like, great. guys, I'm giving a breakdown like and motherfucker. You were supposed <laughs> to lose. You got lucky. <laughs> it's like, <Yeah. laughs> you know what I mean? So then it becomes. It just becomes a little awkward when you're the analyst and you're like, COVID was very difficult when you're trying to call a fight because you're saying something and these dudes could hear you. So oh, yeah. there was I was trying to like kind of mumble under my breath. <laughs> like, Is that t- why you were mumbling? When they got close to us, I was like, John, man, I don't even know what to say right now. John, you go right ahead. You talk. <laughs> so, well, yeah. It, OK, what's so funny. This happens all it just It just recently happened in, in Sioux Falls. We had a fight between Dalton Rasta and and Aaron Jeffries, and you know when we we do a, you know, a, a call that we have with all the production team and everything, and we'll go through the fights, and Josh and I will explain. Well, this is you know the strong suit of this fighter, and this, and you know it's funny because I, when I walked into uh, Aaron Jeffries wins the fight, beats Dalton Rasta, takes away his undefeated record, and. First thing Aaron Jeffrey says to me, you know, before I start talking, he says, and you thought I was going to lose. Right? See? And I'm like, and, and it's like, and where did you hear that? Yeah. Because I told everyone, look, this is a 50 50 fight. It just depends on where it takes place. Mm-hmm. If Aaron Jeffries can put it in this realm, he's got a great shot at winning. If Dalton Rasta puts it in this realm, he's got the great shot at winning. You know, but it's funny because they, they have that. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, you thought I was going to lose. Well, John. You know, yeah. It's been very clear if you like if you read the comments like I do that people only hear things from their perspective. Yeah. And it's so funny because like I said earlier on the show is people are like, "Oh man, you're just riding on Dana's nuts about the whole uh payment thing." And I'm like And then but, it's but, I actually had finally on. had some fans that came to my defense. You're riding Dana's nuts yeah. or you're a Dana hater. Yeah, it's like it, you can't it doesn't matter what you say. It was kind of funny cuz I finally had some people in our comments go have you not listened to this show? You must be new. <laughs> they were like, "Is 
Josh never says anything nice about. I, I do say things nice about Dana. Just people tend to hear what they want to hear. What they want to hear, and it's not just Dana. Like there's other you know fighters like oh you hate this guy. Like I I do say a lot of things nice things about Colby Covington, but people seem to think that you and I are Colby Covington haters. I actually really no. really admire Colby Covington and how he's man managed to maneuver his career. To get to the highest point. And look, he's doing two in his last and he's still getting a damn title, title shot. That's shots. pretty smart. Yeah, he's pretty damn smart. He finds a way to get himself in there. So you can't knock people like that. He's doing what he does. Huh? Um, you know, Nathan Kelly is a very good fighter against um Damian Nelson. Uh da- Nathan Kelly, though, to me, good on the feet. He's got some big power. He tends to load up, tends to throw big overhand shots. I know he is a good striker, but we'll see how he get if he can get it done or not. Yeah, and, and, you know, the yeah, the one down here that, that blows my mind is, you know, you got Danilo Marquez against Satoshi Ishii. Satoshi Ishii back in. The Shut up. Game. Really? Is that the same yeah. one? He's got, yeah. Click it's Ishii, on that. Man. Go ahead. No fucking way. Yes. Holy Hello. shit. What in the hell? <laughs> 36 years of age now. He must have Boom. been so young when he was training at AK. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah. Wow. Geez, he was a baby then when he was training AK because I was like just out of the Olympics. Yeah, I think I was like 29, 28, 29 when he was there. He was yeah. a baby. Man, he was with the uh he was with uh, Yoshida. They came to our gym and yeah. uh worked with us on some judo. Man, he was a baby. It was funny he treated uh Ishii like like he was his his young protege which he was obviously but i'm saying like he was making him do all the moves making he was him a, all he was tape. a zuki yeah it was yeah. pretty funny it yeah. was pretty funny all right hey that's gonna wrap up our pfl talk but hey make make sure you guys go to onlyfans.com slash wayne and subscribe us over there it is free john and i'd love to have some conversations over there about mma about the fight talking about well, maybe talking even... about a guy that goes to OnlyFans. Dylan Dennis <laughs> is who we're going to talk about. Now. Here we go, buddy. Here we go. This guy lit it up uh, this week with the with the. I'll tell you, he is tearing up Logan Paul on the internet right now. <laughs> John, he crushed him, man. I, he crushed. Him. I will. I will give him credit for some of the the pictures that he was putting out there. He was kind of making it to where, I it, I think they said that uh, Logan Paul actually put in a. A cease and desist law order? Something, yeah, something Something like that. He filed something, yeah, he filed something. Come on. Yeah. Um, Also, too, yeah, it was pretty funny to hear that. I mean, what what Dylan Dennis had done, basically, is what he has done now. He's taken a bunch of pictures of um, Logan Paul's fiance. I don't don't know who she is, or I don't don't even know what her name is. Um, But she is apparently dated. um, pull Pull up who she is, Dave. She's a dated, um, uh, I think Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, some other people, and well, it looks like she's dating fucking Dylan. Dennis no, that's there. that's not her. That's not, oh, okay. He he imposed her face. I think someone had, someone okay. had posted like the real picture of him with whoever the girl was wearing that dress, but he imposed her face. But apparently, her, she's dated whoever she is. Is that her? She's this dated her. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and a couple other people. And they are now engaged, but it was pretty funny. She did a, I guess, several people, <laughs> and so, yeah. So now they're engaged, and this is uh, this is where it's going. This is where it's going. So Dylan Danis basically took all the pictures of her with all of her exes making out with them, 
kissing on them, hugging on them, and put them all out, as well as uh, him, you know, with an impo- with a with a facial imposed uh, uh, photo of her and and Dylan sitting face to face, kind of like that one that you saw earlier. That one there, uh, on the, okay. left. the left on the left. There you go. Yep. Well, so that's yeah. So apparently that one's supposed to be fake, but. I don't That's know. a good fake photo, then. It is. Apparently, it is. That's see that one there? One. On, see that one right there below it? There. That's the original one. See? Uh, now, that was that, and that was Dylan's girlfriend. I, yeah, I, I believe. I, I believe. Yeah. I've seen her. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Hey, whatever, man. Tip my hat to the guy, man. He's uh, he's uh, he's out there slanging dick and you know and, and pulling him. So let him be. <laughs> Got to do. It. I want to see if he actually gets in that ca- in that cage. If he gets in that ring, though, that's what I want to see. I'll yep. tell you what. This is one. It's like. What, what is it, Josh, that makes it to where a guy, Dylan Dennis has two professional fights in his career in MMA. Mm-hmm. He's got zero boxing fights. What is it that makes it to where this guy draws so much attention? He stays that active. People care. He stays active on his social media. That's all. He stays active. He's constantly, he's constantly prodding people. He's constantly, look. John, you and I probably wouldn't be friends, but you know, if if I continued, if I just went on this rampage and just started like fucking around with Nate and fucking around with with Nick and started fucking around with Jake and be like, hey, you got my sloppy seconds, like you you say shit like that, you're gonna you're gonna get people's attention. The media is gonna pick it up. I just don't I don't have it in me to do that type of shit. I've never been that person. I never will be. Crap. But these guys do it, man. They do it. I mean, I look at it too as at the end of my whatever it is I'm doing. At the end of it, all of it, it's like I want also to, to have your children look at you and be like, shit on the internet, you know, that they can <laughs> respect you a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, don't be me wrong, I've done a lot of stupid shit, John, you and I both, you know what I mean? But it's like the, the right now, we, we grew up in, a, in an era where there was no camera phones and shit didn't live forever on the internet. We, we were yeah. blessed enough to do that, you know, uh, we lived in the moment kind of thing. But now these young kids and these guys here, that everything's on the internet. It the internet never never dies. It's gonna be yeah. there forever. So whatever you're yeah. doing, whatever you're selling yourself or your body or whatever, okay, it's gonna be there, man. I mean, there was a and it's a very sad story, but there was a mother on OnlyFans, and apparently some of the I guess some of the kids uh, had seen this kid's mother on OnlyFans and took the pictures and were showing them all around school, and the kid and then the kid killed himself. Oh. That is that is where that is what I'm talking about. Like you and and that's not gonna happen every to everyone. I understand that. But I'm saying there's consequences, man, for whatever it is we do in life. And you can't and, and your kids will eventually down the road maybe potentially see it because the internet's gonna live on forever. Just remember that. So yeah. So, anyway, so, D- so Dylan Dennis right boxing match against Logan Paul. Yeah. Scheduled for when is this thing supposedly gonna take place? October, something yeah, like that. Dylan. Yeah, October. And there's a hundred thousand dollar clause in there that if Dylan pulls out, he owes Logan Paul a hundred thousand I mean, dollars. Or they can send a. If he says he's injured, it has to be verified through a doctor of their choice or something like that. Yeah, I guess. I yeah. Mean, I. Just he just he just file bankruptcy, right? Come on, yeah. I'm like. <laughs> First know. off, you're not going to see the hundred thousand dollars. No. Okay. He's going to pull out of the fight. Yeah. He pulls out of all the f- things that he gets, you know, put in there. He uses it for the the coverage and the media attention. 
That fight's not going to happen. Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen either. I don't think it's going to happen either. But, John, you got Conor McGregor saying he's willing to fight Michael Chandler in December. What are we going to do about the USADA thing? And if he gets past Michael Chandler, he wants to fight Justin Gaethje and then Diaz. The third fight will always be there with Diaz. No matter what, that fight will be there. But the Gaethje fight, if he doesn't get past Chandler, Gaethje's not taking that fight. He's made it very clear. He wants title implications, and that's it. That's all. <laughs> and what are we doing about the USADA, though? What What are we doing? If that's happening in December, what are we doing about USADA? Well, what's, what you're doing is Dana is going to bring in Michael Chandler or Michael Chandler's managers and make a deal. <laughs> Let's just be honest. That's what it's going to be because he's not going to be – Michael Chandler is going to have to, especially based on what happened with Mark Hunt, Michael Chandler is going to have to agree that, oh, Connor is not going to be tested for the six months before, like you know Henry Cejudo had to do any of that. It's going to be an abbreviated uh, – testing schedule for connor for him to fight in december let's just be honest it, look it's it's the middle of august right now really you got september october november december that's four there you go that's as much as you're going to get so you take a look and say you know michael chandler you're going to make a lot of money here what do you think are you okay if he's only tested for three months michael chandler's going to go yep i'm good so I don't think it's, you know, in the end, but you're going to have to get Chandler to sign off on that, you know, because they're not going to go through another lawsuit like they did with what happened before. So, I mean, but let's let's look at this from a couple different ways. Let's first let's look at it from <clears throat> do people, the fans, casual fan, you need to give a shit whether Conor McGregor's on the sauce or not. You think nope. they care if he's been USADA tested? No, nope. <clears throat> Outside of the fighter that he is fighting and the hardcore fans that want to make a big stink about it, you think they're gonna, anyone else going to care? Nope. No? I don't. You think the media is going to report on this? Nope. No. He's not going to care at all. Nope. I don't think the media is going to care either. <clears throat> no one's going to make a big deal about USADA not being involved. The media will not do it because they don't want their credentials taken away covering the UFC. <laughs> Let's be honest. The shit still happens no matter what any one of these fucking media people say. It still happens. And no, <clears throat> they will not cover it. They There will be one or two brave souls. They go out there and say, this is ridiculous. Make a story about They'll it. make a story about it. And they will never hear from them again. Okay. Yeah. They will just fall off into the abyss as, as media and no longer work for whoever they work for. <laughs> and well, yeah, that, you know what but, I mean? Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm poking fun at it, but yeah, they're not they're not going to cover it the way that they're that you would think they would cover it for somebody who is has apparently this promotion has pushed so hard for USADA testing and the media has talked about it, the fans talk about it, everyone talks about it, and all the other promotions can't get can't get past the criteria, <clears throat> Mister. Yeah, and all, can't get past that criteria. And all well, the other promotions can. talk about. Maybe you can. Man, they can't do it. Yeah, you know, like you guys don't test. You guys are all you guys are on steroids. Well, everyone's on steroids. Remember, according to Nate Diaz. But <laughs> the but the biggest thing is this: is no one's gonna care. They want to see the fight. They're gonna bend. They're gonna bend the knee to get the fight to happen, and that's what's gonna happen. So. Uh, but hey, that's we're gonna find out, and hopefully it does happen in December, and they all get paid. Real quick, the schmo and uh, the schmo. Yep, and let's and, go schmo and Helen Yeek. Congratulations on your engagement. The best of luck to you guys, and you guys are awesome, man. We love you guys. Love working with you guys. You guys have been amazing. Keep doing what you guys are doing, and the best of luck in your future together. Awesome. Congratulations to both you and to the schmo. 
dude way to go man <laughs> playing way out of your level i like it good job uh, super good guy and the last picture that dave has you guys can go ahead and poke some fun at it if he can pull it up uh i sent to him recently uh, oh oh yeah oh he's gonna oh, try to get oh, out. Oh oh, oh 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 yeah yeah yeah. you sent it to me while we were taking a break oh okay 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 oh, can you get it up or not? i got it coming it's coming okay it's, it's coming. coming it's coming this is a little throwback for you all. If you guys don't follow me on social media, it's at the real punk on Twitter and on Instagram. And uh big John McCarthy, right? Big John McCarthy also on Instagram. John McCarthy, and John McCarthy MMA. MMA. John McCarthy, John McCarthy MMA. MMA. Sorry. And then I just typed oh, in. Oh look John. it, it's the Backstreet Boys. It is the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> little throwback for you guys. You gotta end this. Oh, Jesus. We gotta end this show on a funny, hilarious note. You got me to the far left. You got Kane Velasquez right there in the middle. Mike Swick in the middle. Justin Timberlake on the right. On the far right with Koscheck. <laughs> you got John Fitch there in between Swick and Koss. Uh, oh, Dethrone Clothing. We did a photo shoot. It was an awesome time. We had a great time. But, man, it's funny. You got Uriah on there. You got some other guys, some other people that have commented on there. Uh, Laura Senko was on there and some other people. But it was hilarious. Uriah goes, you got to bring it back. And look at Laura Senko, the drip. <laughs> I was like, the yeah. The drip. Chin uh, and Phil Davis both on there as well. Uh, so it was fun. What man. was we the name some... of the album? There you go. He's yeah. got the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> All of them. Sean Brady up in there too. But it was just funny, yeah, man. Robin great. Black. Mike Swick yeah, cut through some comments on there. Maybe we had a, had a good time. Uh, but it was fun. It was fun to throw back a little a photo. Back in the old, like, kind of dethrone, affliction, the stuff all over print. God, it was an ugly era when you look back. <laughs> but good times. We had, we had a great stuff time. Everywhere you can on a t shirt. That was, that was what they did. T make a right there, though. But, uh, good, good memories and good times. And, uh, check it out at the real punk if you guys want to check it out and leave a comment. So good stuff. And, uh, John, take us away, buddy. Hey, for everyone out there, I hope you, uh, have fun watching the fights. There should be a fantastic UFC here. It's pay-per-view, so you got to pay for it. I'm apologizing to you now, but so do I. So what the <laughs> hell? We'll see you.